Welcome to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis. Episode 121 coming at you right now, and it's a Follower Friday kind of vibe today as we bring back the Follower Friday series after a busy couple of weeks out at the conference front. And of course, uh, we will wrap up the NEMA conference coverage from last week. And again, we can't thank Tim Berrigan, Steve Shepard, and Donna Foy enough for all their partnership and for all their support in making this partnership so great. But uh, we're going to put a bow on that with this Follower Friday with a NEMA-type feel. Dean Akey, who's part of the uh, board of directors for NEMA, Clone Capital Executive VP and Partner, he's on the Follower Friday today. Also, Ankita Mehta from RBC Capital Markets. She's VP of their Risk Solutions Group. She's going to join us today as well, making her podcast debut. In fact, I think we have both of them, both Dean and Ankita, making their podcast debut. And I promise you, after you hear what they have to say, not just about the conference, what they enjoyed about it, but giving you kind of a little primer about what they do at both Clone Capital and RBC Capital Markets, respectively, a little preview to what they expect to see in the markets. And you will hear a little volatility because that's what they're looking at in both this summer and in the winter as well. But before we hear from Mr. Dean and Miss Ankita here, you're going to hear from our CEO and co-founder, Mr. Mike Niemer, telling you what it is we do here at eRenewable. At eRenewable, we know going green is important to your business and your ESG rating. Besides offering PPAs and VPPAs, through our network of clean energy professionals, we can also offer renewable natural gas, or let us help you lower your carbon footprint with responsibly sourced gas from a leading global energy provider. Maybe you need green energy credits, whether it's unbundled RECs or RSG certificates. Your path to net zero and decarbonization is one step closer with the renewable. For more assistance, please call us at 1-866-E-RENEW-1. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Mike Niemer. Don't forget, go to the website, eRenewable.com, and then, of course, give us a follow on LinkedIn, eRenewable, and the Green Insider Podcast, so you, too, can be featured on the Follower Friday series. All right, let's get right down to it now. Dean Akey, Clone Capital, Executive VP and Partner, talking all things volatility, the markets, as well as what you can expect or what he's kind of forecasting this summer and this winter, and you're going to hear more of the same for Miss Ankita Mehta making her podcasting debut as well. Absolutely phenomenal insight from both of them, and just a, two more reasons why the name of conference was so fantastic in 2022. Here is Dean Akey and Ankita Mehta. I think that we had a really good turnout this year. It's good to see the membership grow. Is the markets providing so many more solutions? So, so getting a lot more, uh, a, a lot more participation. NEMA has always been one of the, the best kept secrets in terms of it's so well attended by load servers. So, I think people are really starting to discover that. But we had a good turnout. We were what over two fifty, I think. Is, yeah. You know, and having that happen at the same time as GCPA, it turned out really good. And I thought the the session on um, Bitcoin. Yes. And, and, and I mean, like the markets changed so much from the standpoint of, you know, before the transmission system was never designed to do what we have it do today, like transport wind from the Dakotas to Indiana, for example. And so having the ability to to have deployable load. Yeah. Now, without there's deployable storage, deployable, you know. Um, generation in addition to things like FTRs and all. I mean, it, it's interesting to see how the market creativity does, has, has come up with a lot of different ways of solving these problems versus building new transmission lines, right? Uh, 
uh, building traditional generation. So kind of with from the decarbonization standpoint, renewables have really been awesome for this marketplace. Again, I think looking at distrib- distributed generation, deployable load, we, we exist in a commodity market, right? Everybody buys and sells the same stuff. The only thing that, that separates kind of people that are more successful versus less is is how they bundle things, come up with ways to solve problems. So ERCOT, for example, um, look at the negative LMPs in the panhandle. Right? Um, look at, I mean, what is, a, look at a Bitcoin miner. What A Bitcoin miner looks very much like an air separator that everybody would chase, right? It's a 97% load factor, truly interruptible. So that could provide a, a whole lot of relief for these congested areas but then there are megawatts that could come back into the market when it's needed. Yeah. So it's, it's not necessarily always needing more megawatts, but, but making kind of the best of both worlds where, you know, these guys are looking for a low cost price in exchange for some level of curtailability that, that can benefit the RTO or the, you know, or the, the local utilities, whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's interesting, but I'm, I'm glad that the, the narrative now is more of, let the market solve for problems. You know, I, I think when it when it comes from straight from a policy perspective, you have disconnects. Look at what happened in Europe, Germany. If you go all, all in just with one, you know, all green or or all, it, it doesn't work, right? It, it's it, there's, I mean, there's a reason that renewables are are where everybody's investing yeah. is because it's a low cost source of energy. But you know. Um, storage it works if you have the, if the right mechanisms in place look at um, the reg d market in pjm yeah. i mean that that didn't need subsidies you know subsidies it, it, it just it worked because the economics work is it had a mechanism in place to socialize the benefit that was provided so as long as we continue that dialogue and everybody has a seat at the table not just picking winners and losers for right. example for whoever might have the the, the most political clout. Um, I mean, like, look at deployable load. That that's something very new. I mean, that that's great. Yeah. Uh, it, it could it could serve a lot of a, a lot of benefit or provide a lot of benefit to the marketplace. So interesting. A little bit about Clone Capital, what y'all do, and uh, kind of what you're focused on for the. Well, obviously, we know we're getting ready to come into some heavy summer months. What's uh, what's kind of on Dean Akey's docket for the rest of uh, 2022, or until we meet again? In, in yeah, yeah, yeah. So. The markets are more complex than they've ever been, which is is what we like, right? I mean, volatility's back. We like that as well, um, and and so it, it really is helping folks kind of under you know understand what keeps them up at night. Are they are they trying to stabilize their earnings, for example, and take away peakiness and valiness? Uh, a lot of people look at things like hedging as almost like a four letter word. Well, it's because it, it probably if they're doing something that's not correlated or not or not highly correlated, if they're taking on risk they don't understand they're taking on, hedging just by the definition of hedging is to reduce risk. And in markets like today, we're seeing increasing pressure from you know what's happening globally that's impacted our markets. I mean, um, if you're paying eight dollars for gas right now, you know, um, if you're hedged. I mean, it, 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 you have protection against that. It, it, and so um, it, you, you really, it, you need to look forward and actively manage your portfolio. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we do. I mean, just help folks really kind of understand the risks that they have. Um, you know, we're, 
we're not swinging for the fence hoping that that you know all of these things need to happen so a project's teed up to to you know kill it right. um it's nice to have some upside but it, it's it's really nice not to have bad downside as well right so i like kind of in the middle somewhere yeah. it, it seems like that's preferable so you expect like i said so you obviously and I'm, i was reading i think it was javier Blas this morning saying that uh you know with obviously the, the the sanctions are starting to finally hit russia uh that we could be in for a painful summer yeah. at the pump that's right and and um if you look at what's happened, um, so all of, all of the, the gas that can get offshore, go to the global LNG market, that's where it's going to go. Um, but with TTF, you know, in that $30 range, what, what's different this year than what we've seen in the past is producers were able to, you know, if you, if you had Marcellus production, you know, you're, you're trying to get to an LNG facility so you can basically convert that, load it on cargo, and, and take it to a premium market. Well, when the markets, when the TTF, the LNG global prices weren't that high, there was only so much transport you could buy on the gas pipelines. Now that it's at the level that it is, what, what in the past were like economically inefficient ways to move a decatherm of gas because it was too costly, well, it, it, now there's a lot more room to speculate lockup transport um, by producers, you know, uh, to get to these LNG facilities. And, and that will cause real concerns, real constraints for generators, load servers coming into heating season because, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, there's only so much gas that can move from between point A or point B. And, uh, and so it is, it's really, it's like we're working on next winter now. You know, looking at like what is, you know, uh, what does it look like? Because if, if you go into some of these like northeastern constrained regions and some of these pipes that are just difficult to ship on, yeah. I mean, a, a, a decent por- a portion of the fuel resource that had been there in years past won't be there this winter, right? I mean, LNG is not going to be economic. Um, so you'll, so. It'd be nice to see like ISO New England look at another fuel security type program like they had years ago um, because something needs to replace the LNG that's not there. You know, you can't get more gas into that market. Right. Uh, so it's going to be a fun winter. My name is Ankita Mehta. I'm with RBC Capital Markets. And this is my first conference probably in three years. And it feels great just coming out. I got into the power utility space kind of during COVID. So a lot of these people I've spoken to a lot over email or chat, but never met them in person. So it was just great to put a face to to all these names. And getting out there feels really good. New to the power market space, well, relatively new in the last relatively couple of years, new, so I yeah. can appreciate that. Uh-huh. I'm relatively new myself. Why make the plunge? To the power utility space? Yes. I think it was just in terms of my role. I was in oil and gas. I moved up to New York, and it made sense with the way we're geographically set up. And I'm excited, you know, because ESG, sustainability, carbon, it's so relevant. Mm-hmm. And to be part of that transition is exciting for me. What's kind of your role in the power market segment? So for the main part, we're working with power producers. Um, a lot of our business is associated with the loan book. We're lending to clients and then also part of that lending, uh, we help with risk mitigation, so hedging strategies. Okay. And that's where we kind of come in. Also, RBC Capital Markets has an excellent credit rating, so, so that's an advantage. To, to a lot of our customers if they need us to step in or okay. uh, do some credit intermediation. 
So there's a few angles. What was the biggest thing you've learned in these last couple of years in, you know, in your previous role versus what you've experienced so far in the power market side of things? I think my biggest learning is that um, the voluntary carbon markets are really becoming back of interest. So I guess in the past 10 to 15 years, voluntary carbon markets were the big thing. Then compliance markets came into place where they forced you know, clients or people to do something about their emissions. And now voluntary is coming back into place where, you know, people not only just in power and gas, not only in energy, all different industries are trying to do something about their carbon footprint. And everyone's just getting a little environmentally intelligent. I think that's that's kind of the most interesting thing. It's good to be working in energy and then also doing something great for the environment because sometimes we get a bad rap, which I don't necessarily agree with. And fossil fuels are so huge about that, right? The reliability, the changes that it's made globally in the world in terms of life expectancy, everything. The fossil fuels has a lot to do with that. But it's nice that there's a transition and, and there's a forced transition almost because that's also important for the environment. So RBC Capital Markets is we are a carbon neutral organization. We achieved carbon neutrality in 2021. So we are a huge lender to renewable and, and clean energy. A lot of the hedging or our clients that we work with, they have combined cycles. So there's like the steam and the natural gas. You know, there's, there's always that component, but we are carbon neutral and, and we are huge into lending on the renewable space. What, what would you say has been the biggest takeaway for you at this conference? I really enjoyed the Bitcoin session okay. yesterday uh, when they spoke about hash rates and, and they mentioned something about how much megawatt it generates or and then there's so many people in the pool that are after that sort of quantity. And, exactly. But even when China went down, I think, last year nobody in the bitcoin market knew and and i think the interesting part is that there's so much unknown in that market there's efficiency to be had but there's so much unknown that even if a huge demand sector falls off the grid it's uh, unknown by other market participants so I, I just think that that's very interesting and the angle that they had that you know bitcoin mining is going to be taking the residual uh energy or, or power generation so well, I think this summer is going to be really interesting. Definitely watching out for the Russia-Ukraine war, how, how things pan out there. We have commitments to the EU to, to send uh, 15 million BCF of, of LNG uh, to, to that area. So, so I'm really curious as to you know, some more LNG projects that come on, how the summer weather turns out, and just how Russia-Ukraine kind of unfolds and, and tightens the market even more. Also, in terms of the oil and gas producers, they have been very disciplined in their approach just because they've been kind of burned in the past. So, so there's a lot of different factors, supply, demand, where it comes from, if, if production actually grows. Thank you so much for that, Miss Meta. You can catch all of the Green Insider episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and on our website, eRenewable.com. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. Don't forget, next week we get right back to business again. Regular episode during the week and then our follower Friday. Got to give a shout out, as always, to the entire eRenewable team and Mike, Roger, Al. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do. This has been the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier. <laughs>